The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome. I am quite thrilled with the guest that we are having on tonight because this is an individual who is a scholar, a philosopher, and one of the foremost visionary thinkers and doers of our time. Dr. Jean Houston is considered one of the principal founders of the Human Potential Movement. A powerful and dynamic speaker, she has served as a consultant to several agencies of the United Nations, including UNICEF and the UNDP. She has worked in over 100 countries, training leadership at every level to enhance skills and purpose so as to bring a new mind to bear upon challenging issues. A prolific writer and author of 26 books, including A Passion for the Possible and The Mythic Life, Dr. Houston has recently joined the faculty of Evolving Wisdom, today's fastest-growing global e-learning company specializing in transformative education, to share her wisdom online in a cutting-edge format. You can connect to that, and I want you to take note of this because she is doing some amazing work uh, in, in birthing us forward into the, the new birth that is coming in 2012, and you can go to that site, which is Purpose and Destiny. Net. Um, Dr. Jean Houston is also going to be featured in the next two issues of 1111 Magazine. Her words and her wisdom and the richness and heart that comes through her was just one of the most beautiful experiences that I've ever had in interviewing anyone, and I'm excited to bring her words of wisdom to all of my listeners at 1111 Talk Radio. So welcome, Dr. Houston, to, to the show. I'm thrilled to have you on tonight. Thank you so much, and please do call me Jean. All right, Jean. I want to let people know where we're going into, and you have worked with people all over the world, and you have seen what's really happening at the true pulse of our world. And oftentimes I think the media can put such a negative slant and portray something that really makes people want to give up rather than even try. And so I'd love to have that voice come through and just really let people know more of the truth about what's going on rather than believing some of the illusions that are created by the media. Well, I think, Sarah, what is happening is we are turning a page on our humanity. This is the most important time in human history. Other times thought they were it, they're wrong. This is it. The promise, the opportunity, the sufficiency of complexity and crisis, 
the fact that so many people feel themselves waking up to, well, either a new order of purpose and destiny. I sometimes call it second-level genesis. <laughs> you know, maybe we need second-genesis professionals to help people guide people to this extraordinary opportunity that is ours. Now, I say this not in terms of a blue skying, but because I have a, a small claim to fame. I'm one of the best traveled human beings who has ever lived. <laughs> you know, I've, I've lived and worked in, uh, well, living would be extensive, but I certainly have worked in 107 countries and intensively in about 40 cultures over many years. And what I find in the years that I have seen this change is something that is extraordinary. And as you rightly said, the newspapers never report or almost never report. And that is is that there are a rising of awareness that on a, almost a global, a planetary, a planetary scale that would in the past have been the subject of myth and legends. We are living, as I keep saying, in mythic times. We are missing links you know, because our story is expanding. So now there there are many things that that are leading to this. One, of course, is the fact of the internet the there are uh, the 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 new kinds of telephones there are four and a half billion people on mobile phones this means we are extraordinarily interconnected uh the the fact is that what i say the world mind is taking a walk with itself so there is a kind of thickness of depth of conversation of relationship that was never ever there before some of it is terrible there's no question but a great deal of it is a an extraordinary new what should we say fabric of interconnection and this is just right now it's it's in some of its early stages it's not in its babyhood but it's certainly in its childhood and it is going to probably be bringing about within many many of the lifetimes that are listening to us now uh new kinds of schools education government health uh ways that we get together we probably for those of who are young on this, who are the, young, the younger people on the show, you will probably see the coming of a planetary civilization with great deal of emphasis on different cultures, really assuming the fullness of their cultural genius. The rise of women to full partnership with men in the whole domain of human affairs happening all over the world. And yes, in some places with horrible backlash, but the fact is this rise is happening. I mean, just a few days ago, I was reading about in, in Saudi Arabia, of all places, you know, women are getting ready within the next several years to have the vote. And after that, you know, all kinds of things are happening in a, in a country like Kuwait and in the Arab Emirate. You find women are 70 to 80 percent of the college graduates and well over 50 percent of the uh, doctoral candidates and are becoming the doctors, the lawyers, the managers. I mean, this is... This is something that is happening literally worldwide. And as women rise to full partnership, this brings a whole new kind of mind to bear upon the way we govern ourselves, our earth, our way of being, because with women the emphasis is always on process rather than on product, on relationships, on making things cohere, develop, and grow. And, you know, in my travels... Over the last many decades, and I see how we are moving from 
the classical patriarchal society to not a matriarchal one, no, no that, that's not going to happen, but a much greater balance. This is shifting everything. And thus the emphasis on what do we do about our climate change? How do we take responsibility? What do we do about the, the diminution of the species? What do we do about the fact that the, the, the enormous divide between the rich and the poor is so huge? What do we do about the feeding of all those people who live, that's what, four billion people living under four dollars a day and many of them under two dollars. What do we do about the financial chaos, the, the, the avalanche of greed? What do we do about the very fact that we are at the turning point of history in which we make, we, we are, we know, whether we know it or not, we know that we are the people of the great, uh, either or of history. Either we grow or we die. Either we evolve or we perish. And so that, that, what, what the news focuses on is the perishing and its sense of inevitability. What my work focuses on is how do we educate and train ourselves for this, the most critical time in history. And this is a tremendous opportunity because many people feel their sense of purpose, of destiny, of, of something burgeoning in them saying, I have to do whatever it takes to get on with the rest of my story. I, I feel something, I feel like a little chicken picking away, a little chick picking away inside this oval, and I know there is so much more. There's a light beyond there. And yeah, so what I do is I, 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 I don't help them get out of the egg, but I let them know, whoa, we are waiting for you and start growing with me so that we can become stewards of this most incredible time in human history. Yes, and Jean, you've said several things that I'd love to go back to and just elaborate yes. on for the listeners. And one key piece that I got from there is in the past, we've always seen this world as a very large place, and we're a small piece in it. We're in that small story. But what you're saying is the tables are turning. We are shifting and moving. And actually, that big, giant world is now a global village, which feels very intimate and connected and moving towards a deep connection. And that small self story now is actually the big picture. Or what we can do within it is that is that a lot of yes I, I, I believe what I, got so. I mean you. when you have very young people you know often in a few years of study being able to suddenly have businesses that tr that that traverse the whole world when you see people who normally would be in terrible circumstances rise up and have an idea that then suddenly ignites with so many others, like Wangari Matai, who just recently passed on, as she did with her green belt uh, situation, the, the you know creating the trees where there had been desert and desiccation. Uh, I mean, every day I learn of at least a dozen or more of people taking initiatives and having making tremendous changes. And so what would normally have taken 10 or 15 years now is often just taking a few months. Time is accelerating, space is, sh is shrinking, and we have opportunities that we never could have had before. But we have to train ourselves up to be worthy vehicles of this most fascinating time in human history. We are with Dr. Jean Houston, who is an amazing scholar, philosopher, and researcher in human capacities. She is one of the foremost visionary thinkers and doers of our time. 
it is time to wake up to who we are, the greater story that we play in the massive collectivity that is happening, this global village that is now birthing and allowing us to come forward with the many new ways to be empowered and have our life purposes. We have to be realistic about the true issues that are going on in our world and let ourselves become aware that those issues have come about for a particular reason and we are the ones that have to fix whatever is going on in the world. But we should not lose hope or heart because there are amazing hearts and amazing minds that are bringing forth ideas and concepts and ways to come together so that we as a world, we as a people, as communities, and as just the individual can now step forward into a new way of living, being, and knowing. Dr. Houston is presenting a free 75-minute downloadable audio seminar entitled Three Keys to Discovering and Living Your True Purpose. And you can connect with that at www.destinyandyou.com, and there's also purposeanddestiny.net. So purposeanddestiny.net or destinyandyou.com. Are you ready to activate your life purpose? Do you realize that there are three keys that are involved in that? We will find out a little bit more about these three keys when we come right back with Dr. Jean Houston. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Hi, this is Randall Libero, host of Spirit of Film Conversations. I hope you'll join me each week as I explore how movies and media are changing the way we think, live, relate, and dream. My program showcases today's independent and visionary filmmakers and their personal and artistic journey to bring their vision to the big screen, television, DVD, or streaming video on the Internet. We also cover subjects on new media and the Internet, tech news and developments in digital production, and about the groundbreaking ways people all over the world are creating a brighter future using the tools of streaming video, social media, and portable devices. So I hope you'll join me every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Also check out my website at spiritoffilm.net to find out more about the show and my guests each week. And thanks for listening to 7th Wave and Being the Change. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network.
listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Do you long to live a life of purpose? Well, there's no time to waste. And if you feel this deep sense of urgency around uh, allowing you to feel that there is a gift inside that you need to give to the world, and if you find yourself struggling or passionately searching about how to make a meaningful difference and finally live the life you were meant to live, I want you to know that you're not alone in this. There are millions of people like you searching for ways to align themselves with a higher calling and a deeper purpose, people that are wanting to be in service to this global awakening that is of proportions that we've never seen. My guest today is Dr. Jean Houston, and she is one of those visionaries, philosophers, uh, authors that is really taking a stand to help propel us forward as we move out of 2011 and into 2012 in time of a new period, a new age in our process of repattering. We are changing and emerging in a different way, and things that are happening are such things like the rise of women to full partnership with men across the globe, in addition to a lot of the changes that we're bringing by realizing new systems and new ways of doing things as the old systems crumble. I'd like to welcome Jean Houston back to the show. Jean, when you were talking about how we are changing and, and what we are changing, it made me think that you have written about and people ask you all the time about how to get to their life purpose and what is their life purpose and what they need to to, to achieve that life purpose because that's what brings about depression for many people. They haven't quite yes, tapped into why they're supposed mm-hmm. to be here. So what is what is the first step in that? Well, I, I do talk in uh, my course about three major keys to uh, unfolding a life purpose. I mean, the first one key would be opening to the limitless field of possibility within your body-mind system. And, in fact, doing something that, you know, I've developed so many strategies for for many, many years, and that's ways of activating a whole new body-mind sensory system, which then gives you great acuity, and then activating high-level creativity, and discovering psychologically that you are not, as I often say, an encapsulated bag of skin dragging around very little ego. You have many intelligences, many personalities, many capacities. Now, yes, this means we have to begin by letting go of old structures and habits so as to acquire new capacities, new habits. And what I do is I show people how to gather their capacities and skills to accept and therefore be able to manifest their vision of their higher purpose, what I call their higher destiny. The one that I have to say has been waiting for one to finally show up. Now, I know, you know, in our culture, which is a fix-it culture, we often talk about how do we get rid of the old habits, and that's okay. But I have found that if you keep looking at the old habits, you begin to take a Ph.D. in your own pathology, Mm. (laughs) because they get very interesting. I like that. (laughs) I have found that, when we have what I, the sense of a new possibility, uh, then what can happen sometimes, not always, but often, that this new possibility helps to override the old habits. So an artful approach to finding your purpose has to do 
with using ways of discovering ways of using your body, your mind, your heart in ways that enhance the discovery of your deeper purpose, often different parts of yourself, whether it's located in body or mind or whole heart or intuition, knows these things. They, they, and as we, as we amplify these human capacities, you simply have more hooks and eyes to catch the higher purpose. So I, I do help people greatly extend their sensory acuity. I, uh, and for example, I once made a study of 55 of some of the most creative people in North America. And what they had was high-level, sustained creativity. And uh, th- these people were subjects of mine, research subjects. They worked with me for years. Uh, Margaret Mead, a great anthropologist, Joseph Campbell, uh, Buckminster Fuller, Jonas Salk, and a lot of people whose names you probably wouldn't know. But they had high-level creativity. Well, I discovered they were thinking in different ways. They were spelunkers in the caves of their creativity. They were archaeologists of their own mind. They, and, I, I, and, and I discovered that they were thinking in inner images. And when you think in images, you have access to a whole new order of creativity. So I show people how to do this. I show them how to use their bodies in in uh, in a totally different way, a totally different way, and so that they then are able to uh, uh, learn skills very very rapidly, uh, get over a lot of old hang-ups, and so that that's one key. And then a second key would be the art and science of manifestation. Um, and when you when you do this, you 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 beat the tremendous psychological nature that you contain in entirely new and surprising ways. Different kinds of intelligence. Um, you learn to use your mind and brain system so as to have access not only to high creativity but to different states of consciousness. I mean, I I have never met a stupid child. I've met incredibly stupid and diminishing systems of education. But I find one of the things that I do all over the world is put art back as central to the curriculum. Because when you put art in a curriculum, children simply do not fail. So I show people how to get in touch with different parts of themselves that do not have the same blocks as their ordinary ego sense of themselves. How to uh, get in touch with the, the different what we call persona the willing helpers, whether uh, mine, for example, my big one is a cook. I hate to write. I hate to write, but I have a lot of books published because I happen to be a very good cook. So I just jump from being a writer, which I'm a phobic state, to being a cook in which I have absolutely no blocks at all. So I show people how to enter into these different persona and discover that they have a capacity to learn, to create, to do to have courage and passion for the possible in extraordinary, extraordinary ways. So this is the second key, and that is opening then yourself uh, uh, to what we call your larger role in the world. And also, I think it's very important to say that you can begin to tap into what I call Abundanza. My grandmother called it abundanza, which means not just abundance. It means living in the kingdom, not in the outskirt. Uh, a life in which abundance is scooped from abundance and still more abundance remains. And how to create your own ongoing teaching, learning community. 
where you are all growing together. No money involved, no guru. Guru is spelled G-U-R-U. And then get to the key three. And this is where you are connecting with what I call the greatest story, the mythic story, and realizing that you are part of the emergence of a whole new kind of story that is happening in our time and how to take a deep role within the story, you know. And so I think that ultimately what we have here is the ability to create, to celebrate, to stop boring God and to be able to take on the larger role, to have, to have the wherewithal to take on the larger role of your higher purpose, your deeper destiny. So, Jean, I do agree with you and, and see how that celebratory uh, approach to life and approach to everything, even the challenges, is the place that we need to go. It actually is, is what is going to help us to create the visions and move towards the visions. But tell me what we are to do with the wounded aspect that does exist in people, or are we moving to a time where that woundedness is no longer something that we have to do the inner work on? I guess my question is, where does yes. the inner work uh, fall into all of this, and how deeply do people need to do that inner work? Well, you know, you find, I think inner work is essential. The shadow, the seeing the shadow is essential. Um, it's given to us as part of our gifts. Let me tell you about oysters. <laughs> I was not too long ago. I, I had the chance in Maine to uh, to be in an oyster uh, searching party with professional oyster people, and they had they showed me how. And this, this was very cold, and it was my hands were numb. My hands began to look more like red lobster claws than oysters. And but I was finally able to pick up an oyster with the these extraordinary tongues that they that they use. And uh, the, the oyster man opened it up, and he said, I, uh, uh, you're lucky. Never saw this for the first timer. You got a pearl there, and there's this dingy little pearl. I said, but it's so small. He said, no, no, no. They, they, this is what happens. They get, they get a kind of parasite, and it could be, uh, it could be a bit of food, or it could be a bit of shell or grit. And then what it does, it protects itself, and it, it, it has this carbon-type thing that it forms to protect itself, and then it gets stronger and stronger. And after three years, you got a small pearl, and after ten years, you got a big pearl. And what I realized is that's what we have. We have our irritations. We have our shadows. We have our woundings. And what we do is that we can make a masterpiece out of it, <laughs> a pearl of our life, or we can just go and like a, you know, a really bad oyster and go off and slump off and die, you know. So what I try to do is to show people how to use their woundings, how to use these different parts of themselves that have come in just through the sheer suchness of so much life experience and to build a pearl out of it instead of just a very bad experience and, and regret for their life. So that would mean that even the crises and chaos that we may be experiencing in our own lives or in the world or in communities or that we see in distant places, they have a purpose as well. There, there, it's not just bad. It shouldn't be just viewed and judged as, as bad. Um, it, it should allow us to activate ourselves. But there is really a purpose even to that, perhaps to wake us up, perhaps to find the pearl within us that can go forward to help those mm -hmm. situations. 
But of course, you have the great um, symbolic structure of the pearl of great price that you find woven through many of the world's great symbolic systems. You know, I can see it in China, you see it in India, you see it in uh, biblical lore. And I think that there is no question that life is complex and all of us face these great shadows. How we view them, both as cultures as well as as individuals, will make the difference as to whether we grow or perish. Now, when you talked about the celebration in in the way that uh, the abundanza that your grandmother abundanza yes abundanza um, that your grandmother taught you, mm-hmm. tell me what that looks like when you hit a challenge in your life. How did you remember that? How did I remember the abundanza? Yes. How did you remember to use that or, or still allow that to be part of your life, even when a, an obstacle or challenge really hit you in your life? Well, I, uh, let me let me just all right. I'll tell a little story. Um, the the worst thing that ever happened to me in my life is here I was working at the highest levels of government, training leaders, and I was also in the White House where I was helping Hillary Clinton write a book called It Takes a Village to Raise a Child. Actually, and we were going along, and at on one that, point I said, Hillary, you've got to the break fro- because I don't want to miss any of okay. it. They've just cued me for a break. So please hold that story, and we will okay. return right there as soon as we continue. I am with Jean Houston, and she is putting on an amazing uh, 75-minute global teleconference that you can access at purposeanddestiny.net. You can find out more about how to activate your life purpose, and you can understand that your struggles that you're feeling are not your fault. We were simply never trained on how to infuse our daily lives with meaning and purpose. But there are proven methods that can help to activate you to your full potential so that you live that life that is deeply fulfilling as it is meaningful. Now is the time. Now is the time to birth to a new global reality. Now is the time to birth to a new you. Now is the time to birth to a purpose and a destiny that you've been waiting for. Connect with Jean Houston at PurposeAndDestiny.net. That's PurposeAndDestiny.net. We'll be right back with Dr. Jean Houston. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network.
listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. There's a surging of the human spirit, a virtual global awakening at a scale that no one has ever seen before, and you are part of it. People are longing to finally feel fully alive and to fulfill their unique purpose in life, and you are being called forward to allow your gifts into the world. It is time to allow yourself to activate that life purpose, to really trust the pulse that is beating within you and its connection to everything and everyone else around you on this planet. We are waiting for you. We're waiting for each and every one of you to allow yourself to wake up and be the fullness that you are. My guest today is Dr. Jean Houston, and she has three keys to activating your life purpose. I urge you to connect with her at PurposeAndDestiny.net. Allow yourself to access the amazing teachers and wisdom leaders that we have so that you can receive what you need so that you're then available to help those that need to hear your guidance. I invite you again to visit PurposeAndDestiny.net. So, Jean, uh, when we hit the last break, you were about to tell us a story um, about a challenge in your life and how you found a way to either celebrate or bring yourself back in, into anchoring into who you really are so that maybe the listeners can also see how you put that into play in your life. All right. Well, I was working in the White House. I was helping Hillary Clinton write a book called It Takes a Village to Raise a Child. And during one of our intensive editing sessions, I said to her, Hillary, you've got to focus now because she had so much on her plate. And we have these next hours in which we have to do this work. Please, Hillary, you're not talking to me. Who would you have talked to? Who would you have loved to have talked to? I mean, standard role-playing thing. She said, well, I would have loved to talk to Eleanor Roosevelt, who's her hero. Well, as it happens, I had known Mrs. Roosevelt. Oh, wow. Yes, uh, when I was 15 years old and president of my high school, and she gathered us all around uh, to get us interested in international affairs. I remember her saying to me, My dear, I rather suspect you're going to have a most interesting professional career. But remember, my dear, as a woman, you can expect to be trashed. She didn't use the word, but it was something like that. Remember, too, my dear, that a woman is just like a tea bag. You put her in hot water, she does get stronger. <laughs> anyway, I was telling this funny story to Hillary. I said, come on, imagine talking to Mrs. Roosevelt about making a better world for children. What do you think she'd say to you? What do you think you'd say? That's all there was to it. Well, somehow a very famous reporter got hold of what we did, and suddenly it turned into my supposedly having done a seance in the White House. I was on the front cover of every newspaper and magazine in the world as Hillary Clinton's guru or her seance master. Well, you can imagine what this did to me. You know, I had hundreds of reporters outside the lawn, all, and they, they made up a story, they made up a character, and they put my name to it. You know, none of this was true. I mean, about 90% of what was written was just not true. So suddenly my world crashed. You know, suddenly the, the, the universities wouldn't invite me anymore. Uh, half my income went away. I mean, it just was a, a place of utter horror, and you saw really how the media often has license to kill. Um, so 
suddenly I was not where I had been, you know, being so helpful to people. Now, this is 15 years ago, and, you know, it all came back. But for, for a period there, it was just like psychic flatland for me. So what did I do? I realized that there was something perhaps deeper I was being called to do. And I'll tell you what it was. I found myself visiting my uncle in the, in the nursing home who was in the last stages of Alzheimer's. And he had a beautiful voice, beautiful, beautiful voice, and he would suddenly start to sing, and the other Alzheimer patients would suddenly turn in their chairs and be fascinated. So I learned over a 100 songs, and I went from nursing home to nursing home, and I would take the man's hands, let's say his name was Jasper, and he was 90-odd years old, or he'd been born around, whatever, but say he'd been born around 1910, and I would sing to him a song from 1910, something like, Hush a don't you cry, go to sleepy little baby when you wake. And then I might go to, night, to 1913. Every little movement has a meaning all its own. And then 1917, uh, what would it have been? I wish I could shimmy like my sister Kate. And, and up to 20, 1920, Charleston, Charleston, all the way up, up through the 60s and 70s. You know, and somewhere... Often, very often, somewhere around the songs of the late 30s and 40s, people, as I would take their hands and dance, they would start to sing with me. I remember one of the favorites was, uh, the bells are ringing for me and my girl, and it's that kind of song. And then I noticed that they just seemed much more livelier. So I would occasionally uh, sing, where have you been, and what have you been doing, and a very pretty fair number of people would come back to me, these people who normally would just seem to be just sort of lost in the corner. They would start telling me about these great vistas of, of, of adventures they were in and, and people they were meeting and things they were doing and the excitement, and they, and they would be so descriptive. And occasionally, occasionally, one or two of them would break through and be vivid for a moment in my terms and say that when they were as they used to be, you know, it didn't work anymore. The world was very cloudy, but when they were in this new world that they were in, they were having a wonderful time and the life made sense. And I was wondering, where are they going to another area of their brain? Anyway, I, I, I taught a great many nurses, because the doctors didn't believe any of this, but I taught a great many nurses how to do this. Subsequently, many have written, you know, wonderful programs about this. So what I did is I went from the White House to working with Alzheimer patients in nursing homes, helping them become... Uh, understanding and noble, at least in everybody's eyes, because they were living in these extended realities. Mm. And that may have been one of the most important things I did. So that's how I took one of the greatest challenges of my life, and I turned it around to do deep and, I believe, good work in working with people with that affliction. Well, and I often find that whatever we have come to us in life, it usually is the preparatory curriculum for something else that we need to do, but we need the training. Very and, much so. Very and, much so. And that, that's also what goes on with a lot of the, the crises that show up in our life. It really takes us through the steps of a skill or something that we need to learn so that we can live perhaps a deeper purpose than we ever knew. You said that in the magazine interview, that oftentimes what we think is our purpose, if we allow ourselves to see it, there's actually a deeper purpose. 
Yes, what masks his purpose is often just the uh, turning in the road for the the higher purpose, the higher order of knowing and being. I, I've certainly found that to be true all my life, all my life. So what is, is there um, a reason to to really kind of search out and long for this purpose, or do we just need to get busy living and let the purpose come to us? I think it's both ends. I, I really believe uh, for some people it's just this this deep, deep rising gorge. <laughs> and then when they say it's time to get on with it, and they almost can't stand themselves unless they do start taking the initiatives. For others, it is a more balanced, natural weave. As they as they work, as they do their life, these purposes begin to rise up. Now you can you can put them down. And then you start to feel sick, quite frankly, or nauseous, or you fall into low self-esteem or self-doubt. But it's always important to know that you are living in the most important time in human history. And if you have a, a, a level of sensitivity, by golly, you're going to feel yourself called eventually to rise to that next level, to turn the page on your humanity. And it will be a different kind of page, and it may even be a different kind of life. It's not like a Jane Austen novel where you turn the page and seemingly nothing happens, and you turn the page again, nothing happens. But... <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's often a bit bit more rip-roaring. I'm being unfair to my favorite Jane Austen. It's true beneath the surface crust. Psychologically, a lot is happening. But but we're, we're living in the time of, of enormous transition, and this cannot help but affect people. Now, of course, it's affecting women uh, creatively and often positively because they don't have the same kind of more rigid, pattern structures that men did who had a certain kind of expectation. With women throughout history, you were always on the move. You always had to change the story. You always had to learn new skills to keep the family going and alive, you know. So this is just another variation of this at a much more complex level. And that's so why I've that dedicated my life, and, and my how life is it, to is it, training is women and men to be adequate stewards of this most critical time in human history to cook on more burners, to bring much more to their lives than they had been trained to previously. Because often many of us have been trained for a different life. I find all over the world leaders, and I work with leaders at every level, uh, too many of them have been trained to be white males of the year 1926. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but they are not trained for the present complexity, and that's why the world is suffering horribly from this. Jean, there are a lot of women stepping forward and feeling called Indeed. and moving, and so it does seem to be that there's this new story of women. And how is that similar to maybe women of the past? What are the elements that we need to bring forward there and not lose? And what are the elements perhaps from the masculine side that we need to take and incorporate? Because I don't know that it means that we're supposed to go no. completely from masculine to feminine either. No, not at all, no. I mean, there's nothing worse than a woman who decides to become a second-rate man in a corporate environment. Uh, often she becomes shrill and just dreadful. Yes, we've had some <laughs> terrible examples. I think from the past, that's a wonderful question. I've never been asked that before. I think from the past, it is empathy, love, the, the, the process, making things, as I said, cohere, grow, 
the inner life being as important as the outer life, the subjective being as important as the objective, finding the balance between self and psyche, self and soul, keeping up the spiritual sensibility, the connectiveness between the self and nature, very, very, very important. And um, I think it's, it's that state of radical empathy, which many, many women have, because now more than ever we, we require that level of empathy to be able to sustain us in this you know, time of extraordinary shifts and changes. In terms of new things and especially looking at some of the things that, well, many of the things that men have achieved in terms of their sense of direction, intentionality, purpose, yes, thinking way ahead, you know, taking the long view as well as the short view. Often women have had to take the short view because they've had to deal with the the everyday, you know. Uh, I find in my life, <laughs> you know, I have all the women's roles, most of them anyway. I have most of the men's roles, and I have roles that nobody ever thought of before. <laughs> so part of it is the roles that never, ever thought of it before. I mean, I, I just learned from you, I hope you don't mind my saying, that you have uh, you have a, uh, two children, and uh, one is, how, how old is the older one? Ten years old. and then Ten years old, and you have a 17-month-old child. And uh, your husband is a uh, um, children's uh, dentist. A dentist for children, and and you are in Charleston, South Carolina, which is an extraordinary place. You come out of uh, uh, the the Punjabi, the the uh, India. I don't. Yes. Know, you weren't born there, were you? I was not born in Canada. Born in Canada, yeah, because I can hear the the uh, uh, North American accent. But the thing is that you are a representative of several very different cultures that have come together. You have been able to deepen your life to understand the process of which you are a part in this historical shift and live this life, full life of being woman, of taking on what traditionally have been some of the male roles and roles that nobody ever thought about, like being an, uh, an evocateur of soul and spirit in media. Now, this... You look to me, quite frankly, my friend, to be classically typical of what are some of the higher orders of women who are making this complex life and making it work somehow. I'm sure it has its, its, its shadows and all, but somehow you're doing it. How do you do it? Well, thank you. That, that is the question, and I think that's what we all do, including you and everyone that's fulfilling their path, is you just wake up every day and you do the things that are important that you need to do. In order to make a real difference at this unique moment in history, you need the skills, and you need to access the teachers that can support you in getting that information. You have to be activated in the body, mind, and spirit, equipped with resiliency and vision and creativity that transcends ordinary human capacities. I urge you to connect with the three keys to discovering and living your true purpose with Dr. Jean Houston. Go to purposeanddestiny.net and we'll be right back with Jean Houston. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? 
Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. If you're feeling overwhelmed by all of the changes in the world around you, and the changes that most people have in their lives, they identify with the smaller story of who they are. They confine themselves to that small self. And if you're doing that, if you're confining yourself to a small self, then you're not living out the purpose and destiny that is waiting to be lit and reawakened within you. It doesn't mean you're not aware that there's a purpose and destiny because inside of you, you know there is. And there is something that you can do about it. There's a handful of individuals who have spent their lives charting the new territory of human potential, empowering people to discover and finally live their life's purpose. Dr. Jean Houston is one of those individuals. And I want you to go to PurposeAndDestiny.net and learn about this course, The Three Keys to Discovering and Living Your True Purpose, that she is going to be beginning on October the 4th. So you've got to get right in there now and allow yourself to experience more of this wisdom that you have heard on this show this hour and allow yourself to take in the tools and the skills and all of the knowledge necessary so that you not only walk the path that you're walking, but you're walking it now from that greater self knowing you're here for a particular purpose. Jean, I want to go back to one thing that you were talking about in regard to women because I meet a lot of them that end up falling into this pit where they constantly give. And you said uh, a comment. You said they have to, to balance out between the self and the soul or the self and the psyche. A lot of women do stretch themselves too much. And, and even in stepping into our purpose, sometimes we overwork or we don't cherish ourselves enough or we don't play or we don't um, – go pick oysters or, or press grapes like you told me that you're doing. We don't allow ourselves the fun parts of life. How do you stay in a place that you don't become a workaholic or you don't deplete yourself by too much work, too much writing, too much giving, too much service? Well, you know, one of the problems about being a woman is you're completely interruptible. <laughs> my husband was always interrupting me, often when I was in the middle of some of my deepest thoughts and things. And you just you learn how to do it and be able to get back to the center. But much more important than that, uh, one is to have your own circle, your own teaching-learning community. 
and a lot of women and men too are creating their circles so that they have a support community. Now, with the support community, or by yourself, but it's good to have a support community, people who really are really caring and cherishing for each other, it's very important to have a design for living. I mean, that doesn't mean the optimal design. Well, I'll, I'll live, you know, in the south of France for six months, and then I'll, no, not that kind of thing. But rather a design for what would your life really look like? Because unless there is that lure of becoming, you're not likely to do it. You're just going to respond to one crisis or one thing that has to be done right after the other. And your life is a series of next, okay, I've done that one, next, you know, next. So it's first of all, it's important to give yourself some kind of a conscious, sacred time. Now, whatever you do with that time, whether you meditate or pray or you journal or you take care of the garden or whatever it is, but it's your deep entering time when you allow yourself space and time to be in touch with what I call your entelechy. And what is an entelechy? It's the deep, higher purpose in your life. It is the entelechy of an acorn to be an oak tree. It's the entelechy of a baby to be a grown-up human being. It's the entelechy of you generally to be much more than you ever thought you could be. But to do this, to get in touch with this higher guidance, something that I show you how to do, uh, I, I think, yes, I think it's in that uh, that purpose and destiny uh, uh, little course, that free course that you, you were, we're sending people to. And then with that connection to this deeper source, you begin to design the life. What would it look like? How much work time, play time, how much creativity time, how much time with the children or friends, how much time with your deepest self, how much, and you really begin to look at it, and gradually as it becomes richer and you live it out internally first as a kind of virtual reality of what your life can be, as it gets stronger and stronger, you find that not only do you find occasions for making this happen, but life gets interested in you and says, hey, there's a live one, and you begin to find that the fullness of life begins to enter and to meet you so that the inner life and the outer life get closer and closer together. Otherwise, it'll just be same old, same old, a life of serial monotony, and after a while, you just won't want to continue with it anymore. So do this before you get desperate. That's what I'm suggesting. Do this before you get desperate. <laughs> and I, I like that or statement sick. that life gets interested in you because because we have to allow ourselves to get interested in something, allow that purpose, that destiny to awaken us, to allow us to be creative, to push us forward. Mm-hmm. And then we have to let the life come at us with all of its abundance and prosperity and community that it is there to give us. Very much so. I want to thank you, uh, Jean, for being on the show. I know you're going right into your teleconference, which people can join. You can go to purposeanddestiny.net and find out about that. Also, yes, yeah, so it will start in 35 minutes. I'm going to be answering questions about the course. Yeah. Wonderful. So definitely connect with Jean so that you can find out more. And that course starts on October 4th. So you can find out about that at purposeanddestiny.net. Jean, it has been a pleasure to be with you in conversation again this week. And I just am amazed and applaud the work that you're doing and the way that you're waking up so many people in the world and allowing them to touch their gifts so that they too can keep this little chain going of allowing us to be uh, holding hands around the world as people that are living a true purpose. Well, thank you, and I encourage everyone on this call 
to really think about what their deeper purpose and destiny is. And if you would like to go to the purposeanddestiny.net, there are more words as well as more suggestions of how we could begin to live the larger life. Thank you so much, Simran. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. You can also find out more about Dr. Jean Houston in the next two issues of 1111 Magazine. The November-December will be coming out soon, and it's featuring uh, an article that Jean has written on the three key purposes to, to access your destiny. In addition, we are also having some amazing interviews with Barbara Marks Hubbard and Jack Canfield, so it will be an exciting issue to look out for. And then the January-February issue of 1111 Magazine features a very in-depth, profound interview with Dr. Jean Houston that I know you're absolutely going to love. You oh, and by the uh, way, uh, if they are interested in my other work, just go to Jean Houston, one word, dot com, and you'll find out more about my other work. Yes, absolutely. Go to JeanHouston.com and find out more about her. Read her blog. It's fascinating, and, and I loved uh, a lot of the, the stories, the stories about the oyster and, and the stories <laughs> yeah, about yes. abundanza. <laughs> I, just, abundanza. I love all of that. So definitely connect with her. See what she's got going on. Connect to the event. And that is jeanhouston.com and uh, purposeanddestiny.net. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Jean. I am Simran Singh. I look forward to having you on next week. We're going to be talking about nemology. What does your name mean? Do you know your name and all the symbologies that go along with it? Your name is your nature, and each letter in your name has a meaning, a purpose, and a destiny for you. We are an incredible structure of things that have combined to create who we are. And so if you're floundering and not knowing what that purpose and destiny is or not knowing why you're here, there are a lot of tools that you can use also that are alternative and holistic, and I invite you to explore some of them. So next week, we will be speaking to Sharon Lynn Wyeth on mnemology. Until then, I'm Simran Singh. Be well. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Talk Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens.